construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, happy holidays and welcome to the uh, final episode of 2023 of the Flagstick uh, Podcast. Um, I am Jeff Bonner, your host, and uh, with me as always, and in, during this holiday season is Scott McLeod, and he's laughing. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I know you're dragging your ass today. So <laughs> uh, The Flagstick <laughs> Podcast obviously is brought to you uh, by the Canadian Pro Shop Online. Um, they have the gift of golf that everyone is talking about, the Clubhouse Golf Box, an amazing gift for the golfer on your life, loaded with outstanding product from top brands. Simply choose the essential or the premium box, pick up your pick your ship date, uh, we'll fill the box uh, with enticing products and ship it right to you or the lucky re- recipient. Uh, it's gift giving made easy. Get yours a browse for other great gifts at Canadian Pro Shop online. And um, as always, we do encourage you to uh, um, follow us on social media, Instagram, X, Facebook, Threads. Uh, subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and obviously we encourage you to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which many of you have recently. Uh, like us and click the notification bell to make sure that you never miss a single episode. <sighs> well, I got through that with it too much tongue tying. Yes, I do admit, um, I am a little, I am dragging my butt a little bit this morning. It was somebody uh, was at the rink awful late last rink night. Rink late last <laughs> night. It was a good win. Finished the season. Uh, finished the right the 2023 season with uh, no, no holiday uh, tournaments or anything. No, we have okay, one in good, January, good. but nothing right, uh, over enough. the holidays like some teams would. We're seven zero and two, or sorry. Five zero and two in our last seven games, so yeah. um, very and I, exciting. And, and I realize it's an opportunity when the you know the kids are off school and stuff like that. But you know, it'd be nice to have a little bit of a break, right, for most of them. When they're younger, I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't mind it a little bit when they're younger, and if it's local, like I know um, our boys always used to participate in like the the Bell Capital Cup. Right, yeah, which is local event. for yeah. us now. Yeah. For teams traveling to Ottawa mm. to play in the Bell Capital Cup, different it's a different story. But for us, yeah. Bell Capital Cup, you go to the game, you come home. You go to the game, you come home. You go to the game, you come yeah. home. Um, you know, but if you got to go away and you're going to mm. the hotel, going out for dinner, I mean, that's especially right over the holidays. Now we do have a practice on the 26th. I'm not oh too sure that there's that many of uh, of our players that are uh, clicked off <laughs> as attending that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean it's it's nice to have a little bit of a break and kind of enjoy your family time and stuff like that and but i guess for some of those teams if they were coming up for the for the bell capital cup and maybe they're maybe it's a it's a cool trip for them because obviously there's international teams that come in for that so maybe that's that's a little bit of an enticement for some of those people to kind of travel but i mean travel during the holiday season is pretty rough as it is. I mean, it's yeah. different if you're in a car, but I mean, flying and stuff like that. I mean, certainly something you want to avoid, especially these days. I mean, you know, airports are, are not a lot of fun uh, of, of late. That's for sure. So, no, but, no, um, no, no, yeah, no. And, anyway. Man, it is what it is. Um, uh, we do want to wish happy holidays to every, uh, all of our, uh, all of our listeners, all of our viewers, uh, definitely across the world. Uh, Mm Because we do have a rather worldly audience uh, on this podcast. Um, 
I mean, we're not talking millions across the world, but we do have a very uh, uh, geographically diverse diverse, um, listening, viewing audience. So uh, we want to thank you for uh, for tuning in to us uh, each and every week Um, on the Flagstick Podcast. We do appreciate it, and we're looking forward to... uh, Filling the uh, filling the internet with the uh, great golf uh, <laughs> chat in 2024 as well. So I I should say before you get to too much. I mean, oh, you can say I, whatever you like. I I was you know take over if you want. This is, this is our year. Just right a, now. I just, just laugh. I was laughing. Taking a nap because <laughs> I was looking at you know the fact. Okay, that, sorry. Know, the fact that we're at 66 episodes and I had somebody talking to me about you know podcasts and stuff like that or whatever. Um, 45% of podcasts, apparently, according to a couple of studies and whatever, never get beyond three episodes. And most never get beyond 10. So, uh, yeah, wow. the fact that we're at 66 at this point, um, thanks for all the listeners, sponsors, everybody that jumps behind it. And it's always nice to, uh, you know, to run into people and, and uh, hear them, you know, talking about things that we're talking about, whether they agree <laughs> with us or not on things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I was playing indoor golf last last Sunday, and it was nice. I was uh, one of the guys who plays with us all the time. Is one of the VPs from True Temper, Gavin Robertson, who we know from you know obviously Acra and so forth, and long time was a long time golf pro. And yeah, he just said you know that was one of the things he listens to on his travels is uh, our podcast. So uh, thanks, thanks Gavin, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you on Boxing Day for another uh, beatdown. <laughs> <laughs> You, we got beat. We got beat last week, but I'll, I'll just get a chirp from so. Boxing Day beatdown. There you go. Boxing Day beatdown. Yeah. So what do we got going on? Today? Well, let me tell you, Mister McLeod. Um, on the front nine, um, as always, we are going to catch up on some of the latest golf news. Um, some things have been happening, and we're going to talk about them, uh, including the PGA Tour Q School, uh, the the, P, the PNC Championship. And uh, oh boy, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> and, ra- and and wrapping up uh, 2023, yeah. and on yeah. the back nine, we're going to look ahead to 2024, um, and kind of anticipate what some of those stories in 2024 might be. Um, so, hey, before I completely fall asleep, let's get to the front nine presented by Metcalf Golf Club. A natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Yes, golf season is over. I think. Um, but you have to plan for next season and the great time to plan is right now. Get a membership, uh, join a league, get on a waiting list for a league, purchase some game packs, make sure that you uh, are ready to hit the tee, uh, with some extra money in your pocket in the spring, visit metcalfgolf.com to shop now. All right. Let's start off with the uh, Q School. The the newsy. The newsy stuff. (laughs) Well, that's the the newsy stuff. Let's start off with the newsy stuff. Uh, Let's start off with the Q School. Scott, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, the the PGA Tour Q School, Corn Ferry Tour Q School, and PGA Tour Latino America. Well, I say PGA Tour Latino America. It's PGA Tour America's uh, Q School wrapped up uh this past week and you know it's the first time in in 10 years that the uh pga tour uh school has actually awarded cards to the pga tour school it was the corn ferry tour before that um there were seven canadians taking part in that and uh thankfully three of them did okay so uh uh pseudo shan yellow uh tied for 14th so that guarantees him uh 12 starts so he's exempt through the third reshuffle which is great he was the second youngest guy in the field at 22 left 
lefty from Mississauga, uh, a guy who won the Ontario amateur at 16. Uh, he's only been pro for a couple, you know, like two and a half years or so. Never didn't go to university. His plan was basically to play pro. Um, nice kid. Uh, parents are great as well. Uh, I've had some interaction with them. So excited for him. And then two players that had already uh, secured some corn fairy status uh, through their play on uh, PJ tour Latino America that it was that time, which was uh, miles Creighton who had, finished second on the on their points list and then Etienne Papineau who had been fourth on the the uh, PJ Tour Canada money list they both uh went from basically having guaranteed sort of four starts uh to finishing T48 and T45 at the Q school and that gets them uh guaranteed eight starts and why that's important is obviously they can turn those starts into more status um, and that's the great thing. Uh, four starts is pretty tough. You know, you're going to have to have some good play. Uh, for people that don't know, the Corn Ferry Tour does a reshuffle of all their players in certain categories um, after every four events. And you can move up or down in those depending on the level of your play. Uh, so getting that guaranteed eight starts gives you an opportunity to really kind of move yourself up there and, and have a chance to really stay on the tour uh, for the year. So, uh, you know, some good success there. That means, uh, you know, they're going to join a couple other players up on the corn Ferry tour this year, which is good to see. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it bodes well. And we'll get to that when we talk about 2024, but, uh, nice to see some players through. Cause obviously, you know, we had a couple, uh, or three get through for LPGA Q school and, uh, it's nice to perhaps some to get through to corn Ferry tour school. I will say we did mention last week and, and it's not in the notes, but, uh, Bridget Tebow, who went to the ladies European tour Q school, she unfortunately missed the cut at by one shot to go to the final day she had played through 72 holes uh to get to the final uh round at the letq school in morocco uh so she does get let access tour status but uh her primary focus is going to be on the epson tour next year which she has status on as well so but uh it's nice to see some of those canadians kind of kind of moving up and and uh, getting some more faces at the pro level that we can follow uh, into 2024 very much very much so and uh as we mentioned before etienne papineau is uh a much, a more of a familiar name to maybe yeah. some of the listeners around the national capital region uh because of the um the play in the uh tunis and the kent and and spring uh, open and spring open yeah. uh, the quebec yeah. uh, golf association events so congratulations to all of them uh good yes. luck in the uh coming golf season and uh, good luck uh, pushing your status a little bit uh, higher uh, as you move through on pursuing your careers um all right scott well why don't we do a little bit um a little year and a little see here we go it's starting <laughs> did you want before we do that did you watch any of the pnc you can say no Oh, okay. Well, you want to talk about the PNC right now? I guess we might as well. And throw in the notes, but I had it in the top part there or whatever. I so. watched I watched the PNC, yes. Um, yep. I watched some of it. Every time I turned it on, you it, know was, was following. it was either it was either Charlie and Tiger or it was An uh, Annika and Will. And Will, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm just like... Even though the Langers won their fifth title, but yeah. they didn't really show them until the very and end. And I still noticed the way they had the starts, like the tee times situated for t yeah. tv they had you know it was all over the place it was kind of like almost like a shotgun mm. uh because they had you know tiger and charlie on prime yeah. time even though they weren't really in prime time uh you know what here's the thing with the pnc 
Do I want to see it on TV? No. I'm, I'm the first time that Charlie Woods appeared with Tiger. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Now it's a now uh, this many years later and all the hype surrounding Charlie. Um, and, and just this, it's like there, it's like, it's like we're pushing this kid on us as the next best amateur golfer coming up. And the reality of it is he is, he is over 1000th in junior rankings. Mm-hmm. Like as far as junior rank golfers, he doesn't play a lot of the mainstream junior, like a lot of the mainstream junior events, like AJGA stuff. I know he plays some, but yeah, like, he plays mostly South Florida and stuff like that. But you know, high school stuff. Or, so again, here's the thing: yeah. there, there, there are now rankings aside. Mm-hmm. Reality is, there's probably close to six, seven, eight hundred junior golfers that are um, on, you know, that are better than he is. Like, mm-hmm. like as far as what they're playing in and stuff, and I realize yeah. he's good. Don't get me wrong. I watch, no, no. you know, you watch him TV. He's good, yeah. but I've seen good. I've, I see yeah. good every year. Yeah, yeah. Um, just let I, him, just just let him be a kid. Like just, just yeah, just let him play his junior golf. Let him play his yeah. tournaments. But it's not going to happen that way. And yeah, no matter whether we say let him do it and the media let him do it, I don't even think Tiger Some wants it to happen media. that way. If Tiger everything. wanted it to happen that way, he wouldn't parade him out in the PNC. You yeah, know, but the thing is, the thing is, though, he's, I don't think Tiger's trying to parade him out in the PNC. They're just they're just playing because they have the opportunity to play it in. I think it's made out by everyone else to be more than it is. And I mean, look at the Strickers for an example. I mean, Izzy, great player, fantastic player. You know, she's won two state high school championships in the last little bit probably a better player but you know you obviously don't see certain media going crazy over her and going oh driving this green and doing this and and you know just overhyping it so um yeah i I don't think i I don't think tiger has to or has the responsibility or needs to kind of pull him away from everything right but they're entering it there for themselves but i agree even though you know obviously sponsors are jumping on board whether it's Mm -hmm. ancestry or whatever the case may be do we need to see this on TV? They can just go and enjoy it as a family, you know, and take away the the media, the hype, or whatever. I mean, but frankly, that's not going to happen. So I mean, I we can we can that's... say that that's what they should sure. do. That's not going to happen. It, the the yeah. the uh, the fuse is lit, and mm. this is going to go on and on and on until until Charlie is old enough to commit, and then mm. he's going to commit to a college, and then it's going to go on and on and on through us. Now, the only time it might settle down. Um, is once he gets to college, mm-hmm. and what his results are, and he's not making the 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 four or five player squads that are going to the national championships, and he's not he's not doing um, Tiger type stuff, mm. um, you know, or even things like what what Matthew Wolf did, or or what well, Chambeau th- did, you know, like th- what those th- guys th- did yeah. when they went to college. If he doesn't do what those guys did when he went to college, I think. It'll start to fizzle out a little bit, but if he does, yeah. it's just going to keep escalating. Well, I think I think the hard part for him is that you know the safest place is the middle of the road because on, uh, the fact is, if he if he does start to not play well, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden certain factions of the media are going to be like all over it. Oh well, you know he's doing this or whatever. So, and that's where I'd say like John Daly Jr. is his career at Arkansas. He's not a world beater, um, but he's not stinking. So as a result of it, not quite as much 
hype and stuff like this. So I, I just hope, you know, uh, they enjoy themselves. They kind of are able to insulate themselves and just go out and, and uh, you know, enjoy it as a father son. And, and obviously with, uh, you know, with Sam there as well, she was, she was out there and, and maybe they do, maybe they don't even think about that short of having to do press conferences and, you know, things that, you know, generally are, are not attached to just a, a regular event yeah. or whatever. So, um, but you know, maybe, maybe at this point, you know, they they can really insulate themselves a little bit more and then, you know, maybe, maybe we look too much into it but again i agree you know doesn't need to be a doesn't need to be a spectacle on tv i mean they can go and enjoy themselves and um you know yeah. i enjoyed i enjoy always enjoy seeing you know uh will play will mcgee's annika's son he's he's got quite the kid and super emotional and just a very genuine kid um you know and again i hope they just kind of leave them to to do that as well and yeah they don't necessarily need to be on tv or or have any hype or criticism you know, both sides of it, just, just go play and do your thing and enjoy exactly. yourself. But, you know, sponsors do dictate a lot of things. So they do. the PNC to... will continue to grow. You'll continue yeah. to see this kind of thing happening. And I guess we, like anything else that's put on TV or podcasts that are put mm. on the air, yeah. you choose whether you want to watch it or whether you want to listen to it. And we're glad yeah. that so many millions of people choose to listen to this and watch this podcast um we uh we anticipate that so many will choose to continue to watch the pnc championship on yeah. tv yeah um all right okay 2023 2023 dude exciting year we're at the winter solstice we're at the turnaround yeah. right now this right so this i saw masters it. promos this morning you know Crazy. days are gonna get longer i mean we're we're turning the corner here but uh you're right it, it was quite the year um, lots of stories, obviously, from a regional, national, international level, things that we beat to death that we don't need to talk about anymore with, you know, rollbacks and live and all that stuff. But um, let's get into some of the highlights. When, when do you kind of, you know, we put well, together a little bit of a list, I would but... say probably, um, aside from some selfish things, um, sure. which we'll get to later, I would say the biggest Canadian um, golf news uh, well, this one's pretty obvious. <laughs> was was Nick Taylor winning yeah, yeah, the RBC Canadian Open? I mean, yeah. it has to be the biggest. Yeah, um, our, the biggest golf our... story of 2023 is having a Canadian, yeah, win the RBC Canadian Open, and in the fashion that he did it, mm -hmm. um, and it, and it just was a stamp on it, right? Yeah, and it was this week our Golf Journalists Association of Canada. Uh, you know, it was voted the story of the year, and I think it was unanimous. As far as that coming out, uh, I don't think there was a thought of anybody, you know, it, which is too bad because it it does, you know, it's great for Nick, great for the Canadian Open. Um, a week that was, you look like it was going to be overshadowed early on in the week, uh, you know, with some live announcements and, and stuff like that early in the week and the PGA Tour setting up a merger or a an agreement um, potential with them as, but Nick Taylor ended up kind of being the story of the week more than anything. And, you know, yeah. there was obviously some great other headlines during the year, but you know, that one's going to be talked about for a long, long time for sure. So I guess then if, if that's the biggest story, then if we, if we go further, like the next, next on that list would be the fact that four Canadians won on the PGA tour this year as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, just to see that happen, that level of success and, you know, even Brooke uh, during a press conference there just before 
the Grant Thornton, you know, she made reference to it and the fact that, you know, having more players coming out on the LPGA tour, they're kind of hoping that they start to see that sort of results happen. And she was obviously partnering with Corey during that one. And, you know, referred to the fact that, you know, Corey and Adam and, you know, these guys had won and four guys won on the tour this year, uh, you know, Nick in there and, and uh, Mac as well. Um, you know, that made for a momentous year. Um, yeah. and, and it really, you know, starts to show, you know, the strength and the quality of the program. And this is dating back years. People have to understand a lot of the stuff just doesn't happen overnight. No, I, mean, I go back to watching, you know, Mackenzie win the Canadian amateur in 2011, 2012. Um, you know, that's, that's a dozen years ago, but it takes that time for that maturity and to get that many starts and for things to happen. And, you know, it's rare that you're going to get that circumstance, but the other, I think the other cool part is not only was it for Canadian, Canadian winners on tour, um, you know, it was, you know, Adam, Adam won for the first time, but it was, you know, it was multiple wins for the other mm -hmm. guys, you know, it's not their first wins. So, you know, that's showing it's establishing those guys in that top level in the tour and a consistent depth of them, which is really hard when we're dealing with a country of 40 million and we're, you know, you're racking yourself up against 350 million South of the border okay. where there's, you know, a, an opportunity to play for a much longer season. So, I think it's a testament to a lot of things. Obviously, their ability, their skill levels, development done at club levels way longer, you know, way time, a long time ago. Uh, their personal coaches, the Team Canada program, just every, I mean, and no person can really take credit for it. I, I think that's the thing. The only person that can really take credit for it is the player themselves. Um, and they will all admit that obviously they've had a lot of support going into that. Um, so I sort of bristle a little bit sometimes when I see organizations sort of almost feel like they take credit for it. This guy was on our tour or this guy was on our team or whatever. You know what? You're part of it, but you're not all of it. And in the no. end, it's, it's the players that, you know, sign the scorecards and lift the trophies and, and kudos to them and have an amazing year. And, you know, we're just going to expect a lot more next year because they are in that top echelon on the tour now. Uh, they're going to have that many more opportunities to, you know, farewell in big events. And, you know, we've got some big team events, you know, that are coming ahead. They're all of a sudden starting to think about things like, you know, the Olympics in a couple of years from now, they're already talking about, you know, Paris, uh, you know, and, and yeah, so it, it's a, a super, super positive sign for Canadian men's professional golf at this point. Cool. Uh, let me see, Scotty Mac. Let me see. Um, well, given the time of the, the year that it is right now, and that um, in, let's see, uh, one, two, three, I guess three, three short months, we'll call them, that uh, the second, the second um, uh, live Ottawa Gatineau Golf mm. Expo will be taking place. Yep. Yep. This, this past March um, marked the, um, the first time um, that the live Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo um, occurred you know, since the COVID mm -hmm. uh, shutdowns that kept us doing virtual golf shows uh, for, yeah. for a couple of years. Um, and that was different. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I won't say for, for us that, uh, that the, uh, the return of the, uh, the live show was, 
was um, as momentous as it was for a lot of the exhibitors who had an opportunity to kind of put their their themselves in front of their customers. Um, we're a little mm -hmm. different in that respect, so we're gonna we're gonna feel a little different. Um, you know, not doing the you know the print version of the magazine, which again, you know, is the is the it was a first for us doing a live show without a print uh, magazine. Yeah. Right. And that's usually one of the things that's really, you know, big for us when it comes to the live Ga uh, Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo is being there, passing out the magazines to people mm -hmm. coming through the door. And and we didn't have that. And we hadn't had that for a couple of years. And now we still don't have that. We've kind of moved on from that, pivoted, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, that, that's sad. Yeah, but that said, it was it was interesting because we had people coming up and, and chatting to us, you know, and we were, you know, a sponsor uh, of the show. We had a lot of people that were coming up to us and talking to us about the website. They were talking about the podcast. They were talking to us about, you know, the newsletter. They were, you know, it was social media. It was people that we interact with on social media and stuff. So, you know, it's just a diff it's just different more than mm -hmm. anything uh but in in some senses i think it's just a you know i, I guess it's a snapshot of of 2023 and and yeah. the future of of how we communicate because really i mean think about this we are now this is the end of our 28th season for flagstick and if you think of the evolution of that from may 1996 to now mm -hmm. um you know it's a lot of changes that not only happen within us but just you know the industry industry te us. technology just everything else of how things are done and communicated and also how people receive communication more mm -hmm. than anything so um you know i still feel i still feel like there's um and we've talked about this a number of times i still feel like there is um a space mm -hmm. for us to produce a print, a print version something. of the magazine again. I would love that. I would love to be able to do that, but unfortunately, um, I'm not sure how that would look just yet. We're, we've talked about it, and I'm not saying it's yeah. not going to happen, but it's a little bit more of an expensive ordeal to get into nowadays. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, and even your advertisers have sort of moved on from the traditional print marketing to the digital um, right. uh, yeah. mediacy of the uh, of digital media. So. You know, going backwards is not exact. We may be okay with that, but maybe, you know, maybe the uh, the advertisers are not really okay with it. So something to consider. Yeah. Um, let's see, Scott. This, this is a big long list here. It um, is. We Which know we Stephen get... Stephen Ames won four times on the Champions yeah, Tour. By the that... way, let's just say that. Love that guy's golf swing. I've yeah. always been a fan of Stephen Ames' golf game. Was not a big fan of Stephen Ames calling out Tiger Woods. Uh, back at the Accenture <laughs> match play, uh, I think it was Accenture match play back then. Yeah, um, and then getting absolutely waxed. Yeah. Um, but that'll be that'll be in his career highlights for the rest of his life. But so will winning four times on the Champions Tour. So that's that's yeah. pretty pretty extraordinary well, too. Yeah, and it was up there for kind of story of the year for the GGAC stuff. And like I was saying, you know, Nick Taylor's win obviously overshadowed a lot of things. Of and course. one of those things was the play of Ames. You know, he he was incredible. Um, you know, we're fortunate we have a fair bit of interaction with him over social media. Um, you know, he knows that we're supportive and that we follow the results and a lot of people didn't like i was surprised how many 
journalists and golfers that I spoke with that had no realization that he had, you know, they knew he had played well this year on the tour, mm-hmm. but they hadn't realized he'd won four times. And, you know, that's a, that's an incredible accomplishment uh, for anyone. I mean, four, four wins on a, on the highest level of, you know, your professional golf is generally a, a career for a lot of people, let alone a season. Very true. Okay, so um, before we get up against the break here, let, let's bang off a few more of these just sure. so that we're we're sort of um, mentioning them so they don't get left out. Alana um, yep. uh, Sharp won on the Epson Tour. Yep, which was uh, was awesome. Uh, we had seven key Quebec titles, uh, Quebec mm. Golf Association titles, which encompasses the Ottawa area as well for the yep. most part. Uh, that went to Ottawa area golfers in 2023. Yeah. Uh, seven of the no. uh, of the significant Quebec titles went to Ottawa area golfers. Yeah. That's, that's including, yeah, including Anne Sophie Burgo, who actually won three herself at the big yeah, same the, the, event. The Quebec Junior, the Juvenile, yeah. and the Quebec Amateur. Yes, which is you know just crazy when you think about that. So yeah, that that's a, again another testament to the strength of junior golf in the region. That level of play for those Ottawa golfers competing. Uh, yeah. in Quebec for those titles. And I do not, you know, even if we look back through a lot of things, I do not think there's uh that's ever been done as far as that, that many um, at the provincial level in Quebec. Yeah. Big time. So um, Kevin and Lisa, so, so they the mentioned this as well, Kevin and Lisa yep. Haim, Alan McGee, Susan Pearl, Brad Fritch, all were inducted into the uh, OVJ hall of fame this year. All very deserving uh, individuals, all very well-known golf names uh, throughout the region, um, and at uh, a high, high honor for those people uh, to have been inducted uh, this past year. Yeah, um, I think uh, Ashton McCullough definitely warrants. You know, he was he uh, was declared the Amateur of the Year for, yeah. for G Jack. Uh, he won the Canadian Men's Amateur, which is only the second time. Uh, that the Canadian men's amateur, well, third time the Canadian men's amateur champion uh, has been uh, won by somebody from the Eastern Ontario region. Uh, and that's, you know, from a, from Kingston, that's only the yeah. second time. It was Thomas Harley before that. Obviously, Greg Olson from Ottawa won in 1980. So that's a rare circumstance. Uh, you know, we've been very blessed on the women's side. Uh, you know, obviously with Brooke, got Augusta James and, and so forth, you know, uh, winning on that women's amateur side of it. Um, you know, going back years, we can, you know, talk about Alexis Sterling Fraser or whatever, but yeah, a big win by Ashton to win that men's amateur. Now, um, the, uh, on the return of, uh, PG of Canada, um, mm-hmm. uh, PG of Canada to the, uh, national capital region, uh, yep. by way of the commissioners, Ottawa open, uh, Stuart McDonald won the uh, inaugural Commissioner's Ottawa Open, um, played at Eagle Creek, and um, uh, that's exciting. It was exciting to have PGA Tour Canada Golf return to the National yep. Capital Region. Um, exciting for those people that went and watched to see that. Uh, great for Stuart McDonald to win that, and looking forward, obviously, to uh, to the second yep. um, edition of the. Uh, Commissioner's Auto Open in 2024. Yep. Um, good friend of ours, uh, uh, Chris uh, Veltkamp, uh, and his uh, Play Junior Golf Tour celebrated its 10th season this past year um, successfully. Lots of new faces. Congratulations. Tons. We are great to see. 
extremely happy uh, to have been a part of um, as a, as a partner uh, as a sponsor of the uh, the race to the flagstick cup this past year um, you know on the heels of the 10th season celebrations uh, looking forward to uh, to being in that role and and enhancing that role in 2024 once again with the uh, play junior golf tour uh, continue sure. to help uh, develop and progress our junior golfers from the uh, the uh, initiation phase of junior mm -hmm. golf to uh, to higher things like what uh, you know what Max Corcoran and Sophie and yep. and uh, Chase Jerome and, guy and players like that are sure. doing at the provincial level. So um, yeah, and then you know working there all the way to college. I mean, uh, players like uh, this week, Raiden Lachlan and Ben Sheridan from Ottawa announced their commitments to their university shane stanley obviously did one yeah. uh, recently as well so uh you know these are all these kids that started out on on these tours so it makes a big difference of you know having that competitive circuit to work with yeah get it under your belt uh the flagstick shootout uh returned mm -hmm. to smugglers uh smugglers glen golf club was presented by cobra puma golf and returned for 2023 um limited field event um yeah. but uh you know, we were very excited to have that uh, uh, return. And um, Jared Coyle was the winner of the 11th uh, 11th annual Flagstick Open uh, Championship presented by uh, TaylorMade and Adidas, um, longtime partners of ours, TaylorMade and Adidas, um, you know, sponsors of that event. And uh, entering into the 12th season, already have the dates booked with uh, Scott McEnroy at uh, Equinel for, for 2024. And just so those... Who are wondering, because I have had emails, my target date for opening registration is going to be very early this year. It's hopefully yep. in mid-January. So mm, pay attention, um, people. Pay attention when we send out the notifications and register quick, because the last time we opened the registration for 2023, it was pretty much full in 72 hours. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so be prepared when I open it, because if <laughs> you'll be on the waiting list for a while. Um I think, is there anything else, Scott? I mean, I think we've kind yeah, of banged off majority of this uh, this year in review list. Yeah, there's lots that, of that you know, was a lot of things. the key things. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things happening. There's things we look forward to. Uh, one other highlight I had this year was that endless summer event that was in Belleville at Trillium Wood. Yeah. Got to see everybody from Kyle Berkshire to Martin Borgmeyer uh, hitting balls. I've heard from Jody Jenkins. They're, you know, already planning for next year as well. So hopefully, Excellent. you know, they have a great field there. It was a fun event, despite the fact that the, the bugs were out <laughs> at nighttime under the lights, but seeing the, uh, you know, the top long drivers in the world being Eastern Ontario was, was pretty cool as well. So, um, yeah, just some good stuff. And I mean, locally, you know, some high level of play at the intersectionals. People can obviously look at our website to see all the results and stuff for that. Just, just another solid year of competitions. And people should be advised, though, too, though, all those things happen because of volunteers. And I know mm -hmm. the OBJ right now is seeking volunteers, seeking some people to, to help fill out their board of directors. Uh, so if you have some interest and you are in the National Capital Region, definitely re reach out to them. Uh, you, your assistance will help uh, golf go a long way. All right, that is a wrap on the front nine. We got to take a quick break uh, on this uh, season-ending uh, uh, episode of the Flagstick Podcast. But when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit of what's going to be happening in 2024. So you don't want to go anywhere. You are listening to the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff Potter and Scott McLeod. Stay right there. We will be right back. 
The Canadian Pro Shop Online has all the best gear for Canadian golfers, amazing prices on all the top brands in one place. The latest drivers, irons, putters and more, the Canadian Pro Shop Online is the best gear to help you play your best golf. Shop online today at CanadianProShopOnline.com And we are back to uh, bring home this uh, final episode of 2023 here uh, with the Flagstick Podcast. Uh, And we, um, I think we're going to just get right into our back nine uh, topics because they're kind of exciting. And the back nine is uh, presented uh, again by Celtic Golf Center located 20 minutes from Ottawa in Kempville. Celtic Golf Center is indoor golf on another level. Featuring five state-of-the-art TrackMan simulators, two new Unicorn Sims with GS Pro, uh, Celtic Golf Center can offer you over 10,000 course options, including many major courses, some with island greens and beautiful azaleas in the background. Play rounds with friends, practice with full swing analysis, or play games. Visit CelticGolfCenter.ca to learn more or to book your tee times. Um, all right, Scott. Yeah. Here we go. We have talked about the 2023 year in review, which is, I mean, year in review. We could have done a year in review for days. Oh, yeah, for sure. But um, we wrapped up some pretty key factors from the 2023 season, some events, some some happenings, some winnings. Um, But now we got to kind of, you know. Turn the page. Turn the page and look ahead to what's going to be going on in 2024 because that's what we do. And um, there are some significant things happening in 2024 to take note of. Um, One of the ones that I think comes to mind is uh, the return of the President's Cup to to Royal Montreal. Yeah. That's exciting. The first, I'd say my first experience with with professional golf, like real PGA Tour level professional golf, my first experience was probably with the... uh, the president's cup when it was the la- last at royal montreal um well you were at the canadian open at royal montreal before that though go back when that was yeah that's yeah, what I you're was. thinking of that's what you're thinking of i was like ah huh, president right cup. yeah that was, I was my like first i was experience. there but yeah. i think you were at the canadian open back in all right scratch 96, that 97 scratch that my <laughs> first experience was at the uh at the canadian Ten years open prior Ten to years that prior one. to that <laughs> yeah. Um, I was actually, you know, it's funny because we, we were taking no pictures part. of, I took, I was taking pictures of, of Davis love and, and VJ Singh on film, on film, <laughs> a black and white camera with film coming back from that event, taking the, the, the film to the little camera place downtown in the Glebe to get yep. developed because there was only a few places that could develop black and white film at the time. Crazy. <laughs> Imagine that. That's how long I've been doing this, everybody. That's how long I've been doing. Oh my God, this is a long time. Yeah, uh, thankfully that Presidents Cup in, in at Royal Montreal was in color and uh, and digital. I was, I was there shooting digitally, although I did shoot some black and white for that one. Uh, but I can remember being the first person in the media room that week. But it's hard to think, you know. That's that's going to be you know seventeen years. Uh, think about this for that. The, the highlight. The highlight for uh, group pairing for that yep. President's Cup was Mike Weir and Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Seventeen years later, yeah, of course, Mike Weir is the captain of, of the yeah. the international team going back to Royal Montreal. 
Yeah, well, you knew How that was, you knew that was going to happen. I mean, that, awesome. was pretty, that was pretty much easy to predict that that was going to happen. But uh, you know, Ryan Hart, who's the executive director, who's a who's a Canadian that's you know done a lot of work on uh, the Players Championship and and several other events, started as a tournament director on uh, PGA Tour Canada. You know, he's been in Montreal working away on this for three years already. Yeah, um, and you know, he's put a lot of effort into it his team has put a lot of effort into it to make it something that is not only you know an event of an international scale but obviously has a you know canadian flavor as well uh and it's going to be you know momentous so that's going to be in in september there's going to be a lot of lead up to that i think Big one time, of the most yeah. exciting parts is if we look back at you know what we were talking about uh happening in 2023 um is the success of the of the top professionals in canada mm -hmm. so there is a huge potential for this team to be you know multiple multiple canadians on this president's cup team i mean we're, we're pretty much guaranteed we're going to have a couple but it might be a lot more than that wouldn't uh, that be is, great which is just going to only add to the atmosphere there and I, I will say it was pretty raucous as it was when it was was there uh i would say the crowds and the hype for that now granted you know it's only happening there's only a certain number of matches on the golf course so the people are a little bit more concentrated but certainly at a different level than the canadian opens that were held there mm -hmm. especially the, the most recent one that was held in, in montreal um but i know you know sponsor sales are through the roof um there's going to be that many more eyeballs because this event is way bigger than it was uh you know 17 years ago yeah for sure. Um, and I know a lot of people have already secured tickets and uh, it, it is definitely going to be a, a, a topic of discussion all year long leading up to it. And I think that's great. Uh, it does give up that lead up time. It doesn't happen right at the first part of the year. Uh, so there is that lead up to it. But uh, yeah, it should be it should be a beauty. That's for sure. Now, um, on the women's professional golf side of things, what's exciting about going into this season is the number of, and we touched on this a little bit, but the number yep. of uh, Canadians that are on the LPGA Tour um, is, has increased. So mm -hmm. the eyeballs that we're going to have, you know, specifically for Canadian um, uh, women, Canadian professional golfers is going to be that much greater going into the 2024 season. Yeah, and I think specifically, I mean, uh, you know, people are looking for Brooke to have a big year. She had a win this year, second at a major, but, you know, not her best year ever. Uh, Elena back on there for a little bit more time. Maddie back on there. Mon ami LeBlanc back from injury. But I think a lot of the people that I've been talking to, is they're very interested to see how Savannah Grohl will do. Uh, Savannah just signed with the Flex Sports Group yesterday out of LA for representation. She, you know, she earned her card at Key School uh, and did it in dramatic fashion. You know, we, we obviously recapped that here on the podcast and the fact that she was 41 under par for those 14 rounds of Q School. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see a new face out there. The other four, you know, have had that experience of being out there on the LPJ Tour uh, prior. Uh, but having a fifth out there just makes it that much better. And mm -hmm. also knowing as well that we've got a lot of great collegiate talent as well playing right now in the in the U.S. Uh, a lot of top amateurs, other players that are playing Epson Tour and so forth. So that means that, you know, when that CPKC Open comes around uh, in the summer in California, 
Calgary uh, this year at Earl Grey, uh, there is definitely a, a chance for a lot more LPJ, um, you know, sparks by Canadians happening there. So that, that'll be fun to see and, see and see how that plays out. And pretty excited for the people of Calgary to get that. It's been quite some time since the, the tournament has been back there. Um, so, uh, and it's a great, great golf city. So yeah, should be a fun, fun one. So now, Scott, one of the, obviously the most exciting topics, uh, um, that we can get into, and, and it seems to always be the thing that most people want to talk about the most is the, is equipment and, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what happens with equipment year after year, you know, are there, are the, are the new equipments that coming out, are they just cosmetic baloney or are mm. they, uh, are they functional improvements? Um, so yeah. as we look forward to 2024, knowing what we just went through in 2023, yeah. um, you know, what's that impact going to be like, like, like what what's we, the what new equipment for 2024? What are we going to see? Um, is, is something changing? Like are the cycles of equipment changing? Mm. Um, is there a new emerging market that uh, that we can see in twenty twenty four? Like like a mid price? Uh, mm-hmm. You know what, what's yeah, happening I, I, in the equipment world? I, I think that's a great point that you make there. I mean, uh, I can't get into too Thank much you. detail because there uh, there are a lot of things that uh, uh, I'm under embargo. <laughs> you know, uh, test, test, tested lots of uh, the product for twenty twenty four um have you know from uh you know golf clubs golf balls so forth have all sorts of golf balls here right now doing some uh, some different testing and, and so forth um i mean the one thing i will say the, the prices are not getting any cheaper you know they're not they're not uh you know for the high-end stuff but i will say there's definitely as you mentioned there is an emerging mid-price market we're definitely seeing some manufacturers pay attention to the fact that not all the golfers are going to spend, you know, $800 on a driver that may hang on to that a little bit longer and that there is a need for some product at some other level, whether that's direct to consumer stuff. We saw that this year in like Adams golf. Um, we're seeing that in like other manufacturers like Cobra, for an example, had their air X irons came out this year and they were kind of in the $800 range. Whereas a lot of the premium irons are, you know, now, you know, in the $1,600 plus range. Yeah. Um, but I think people are hanging on to them a little bit more. Maybe they're spending a little bit more time getting properly fitted for them. So they realize that they don't necessarily have to change. As always, I would say, is some of the new equipment better? Yeah, but it's incremental. It's very incremental. I mean, what you're going to see from a, a change from one driver to the next, you know, in a particular brand, it's very small margin that you might not see from product to product. It might be more noticeable over, you know, four or five product cycles. So I think what we're going to see is the buying cycles will start to slow down a little bit. The, the people that are early adopters will always be early adopters. Mm-hmm. They're going to go out and they want to buy the latest and the greatest and whatever. And, you know, they're more than welcome to do that. Um, the expectation shouldn't be that their performance is going to kind of go through the roof. Um, but I think we're going to see people starting to hang on to it a little bit more as the economy a little bit slower, you know, pricing goes a little bit higher and, and stuff like that. So, uh, which is not a bad thing, you know, um, you know, again, as that gap has been created by the, the premium stuff going to the top, that creates a little space or lots of space underneath, uh, for, you know, something at a mid price level, it's still decent quality and still going to get people out to the golf course. I, I think that's an important part of where the equipment portion of the industry uh needs to go i think 
I think that everybody wants a TaylorMade or a Ping or a Callaway or a, mm-hmm. you know, a Titleist uh, iron or driver in their bag. And sure. I don't think that the manufacturing industry has to sacrifice very much on the quality of their product to be able to put a club in somebody's bag or a set of irons or a wedge or a putter in somebody's bag that is a different price point but still carries their brand. Mm-hmm, um, now, sure. I don't expect that out of a Scotty Cameron putter. I don't expect that out of a Vokey wedge. No. Those are sort of like a premium elite level. Yeah, they're um, a Tiffany, a Christian Dior. They're yeah, a luxury exactly. brand. They, they're going to play in that certain realm, and that's where they're going to stay. But right? as much as some people want to buy the Rolex watch, the Timex watch can be just as stylish and just as functional. functional. It just doesn't yeah. carry. But but the Timex watch can have the name Rolex on it. I guess sure. that's my point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. I think I think there's a market for that. I don't know. I'm not in the I'm not in the equipment manufacturing industry, so I'm not going to profess to know what they know or or be privy to the information that they have. I just feel like if I walk into a retail outlet or a pro shop and yep. I see I see a set of irons on the wall that has a uh, um, a high end brand name on it, and mm-hmm. they're $1,600, and I see another set of irons on the wall that has uh, the same brand name and they're $800. Mm-hmm. And I'm the kind of guy that plays golf twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm more inclined to want to buy that $800 brand name iron than yeah. I am wanting to buy the $600 iron that is a private deck of something that is, right. you know, Unno- you know unknown. whatever. I don't know what unknown. you are, but yeah. you're, you're $600, not 16 yeah. And so, I don't think that, and I don't think they're sacrificing their sales in that aspect of it because so I, I don't fully expect that that you know as aspirational as that golfer is, I don't expect that golfer that's two times uh, a month to go and invest that sixteen hundred as it is. And you know we see private deck stuff from some of the manufacturers. They basically take some technology that they've had from a previous year mm-hmm. and you know maybe relabeled, uh, re- relabeled, repackaged or whatever, and then sold at a lower price point for particular retailers. Or so forth um, we could see that emerge a little bit more especially if they want to if they want to contain the whole market and not just be at a certain level yeah. yes you know what it, it's good as far as you know if they can get the prices up per unit or whatever but you're also better to have more clubs in more people's hands and they have some brand loyalty so that if they are buying that 800 set maybe when they're ready they have a brand loyalty and they're ready to buy the $1,600 set. They'll stay with that brand because they've had a positive experience with That's how I look at it anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I For know sure. there's been over the years, there's been, a, there's been equipment like that where you yeah. had a high end iron, mm-hmm. a different model, and yeah. then a slightly lower end mm-hmm. iron. I think, I think if, if I remember correctly, way back when, they had the Titleist DCI, DCIs D- and the DTRs. DCI, DTRs, yeah. Distant, the DTR example. was distance, uh, distance through research, right? Wasn't yeah. distance yeah. through research? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so and they're just a little less options from a fitting perspective, mm-hmm. maybe for the lower price one. Um, but I think that I think that's available again. And, and I, you know what? There's there's a lot of great innovations and stuff that are out there. But you know, and uh, and all due respect to everybody in the equipment world, but you know, the golfer makes the biggest difference. You know, yeah. Hundred percent. You know, I as we always say, people don't buy golf equipment; they buy hope, right? So, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's that's what it is. So, you know, it'll continue to evolve. I will say, there's some really cool stuff coming. That's the one way to to say it. I had somebody, zip, ask, zip, zip. and I I posted it yesterday because <laughs> somebody asked me. They're like, um, 
it was somebody from a company and they asked me what the first impression of one of their new golf balls was. And I said, it's the first time I've ever just, my first thought about a golf ball was it's quiet. <laughs> really? <laughs> like that's a weird thing that jumped in my brain. I have no idea. That's not normal. Saw. No, but it was just, <clears throat> it's just cause it's a very soft golf ball and, and so forth and has a different feel to it and so forth. And again, you know, we're not talking products here that are going to take your handicap from, you know, 30 down to 10 instantly. This is not the case. Why? Uh, but I will say, you know, there's definitely some noticeable improvements within the products that you see coming out, not only from a performance standpoint, but maybe from an aesthetic standpoint. The focus on some of the messaging from the companies will be a little bit different in 2024. Um but yeah, it, it uh, you know, a lot of stuff has obviously come out on the USDA conforming list. But again, I can't get into technical details for a lot of this stuff without getting myself in trouble. But um, stay tuned. January will be very busy about details. I know. <laughs> yeah. So fun stuff. I don't need any lawsuits. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Let's talk about the golf business. Hmm. And since covid yeah as much as i hate to bring covid up all the time but since covid mm -hmm. we had a boom in the industry as far as sure. the number of golfers <clears throat> the number of members at clubs the amount of rounds played yep. all that kind of stuff now yeah canada was up 23 24% so. so over the two over the that sort of two year stretch there was a lot of growth mm -hmm. and then as we came out of covid we started to see um, a little bit of um, a normalization. Normalization. We're not going to call it a decline because a decline no, would indicate a, a negative. We don't want to talk about negatives. We want to talk about positives. No. So no. normalization, which was to be expected. Sure. Um, now we're two years. We'll be two years now removed from COVID. Well, sort uh, of. come, <laughs> yeah. Well, as my wife had it last week. Yeah, and my and my and my wife <laughs> and wife. my mom yeah. and yeah, and, exactly. and, and so, three kids not, in my son's we're not, class. We're not and, removed, but we're removed from the restrictions, right? For now, yes. Then time, I cut my tongue out for saying that. But um, so, do we see more, or do we expect more normalization in 2024? Do we expect T-sheets to open up a little bit more still? Do we expect memberships to, to um, waiting lists to disappear and memberships to be start to be available um, yeah. at some clubs uh, in 2024? Or do we see, have we reached that normalization point um, that we, that we were expecting? Have we, are we there now? Or are we yeah. going to normalize even more? I would say the diehard golfer, the one that's sort of really committed to the game, there's a lot more of those that are out there right now, the ones that are going to buy memberships. Um, so in speaking to a number of managers and, and head pros and so forth in the last little while, uh, waiting lists are still strong. You know, there's still demand as far as the memberships. I think where things have started to kind of lighten up a little bit is more the person that came to the golf that didn't have quite the commitment to it. And those are the ones that really filled out the T-sheets, uh, especially at the public courses. So that's right. where we see a little bit of softening there, which changes obviously in the interest in the business. I will say one thing that has happened as a result of it is that there's kind of a there's an economic surge for some aspects of the game, be it, and we've discussed it here, 
be things like indoor golf places and so forth, which has obviously got people, you know, looking at businesses again within the golf industry. Um, unfortunately, many of those are triggered based on a quick cycle and surge that has come in. Maybe they're not as well thought out as maybe they could be. There's some people coming in the industry and, and establishing businesses in the industry and not just, not just golf courses or indoor golf centers, but, uh, golf related apparel brands, all sorts of different things because the entry barrier is less to them than there used to be, or, you know, for some of those markets, um, that I think might slow down a little bit as those people realize that, um, golf is just not a big pot of gold. That's, you know, they're just going <laughs> to throw money in, and money's going to come back at them. Um, so we may see some, you know, changes in there, but that said, I think, the fact that we're seeing that happen means we're just going to see a, a an ever-changing landscape where there are some different ideas out there and some of them will stick and some of those facilities will stick. Um, so it just changes the shape or the look of golf sort of long-term. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I would say the courses themselves, as long as they're continuing to innovate, they'll probably do quite well but they're going to have to be very wary of how they're going to deal with any of the T-sheet slowdowns, any of the membership slowdowns, any, any hesitations by members or so forth to increase pricing. Um, any, so they're going to have to be very conscious about that and, and really pay attention to the economic factors that are there and, and react and adapt you know, as quickly as possible and realize that, you know, not everything's just going to stay, you know, on the rise. Okay. So here's my take on two port two, two points here. Um, sure. my first point I'll talk about is indoor golf. Mm -hmm. What I see happening right now with indoor golf facilities that, that does scare me a little bit is there are those that are opening up in, in markets that truly can and will support what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they're opening up at a size um, and in an area that is financially conducive to what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, there are those that are, are opening up in in heavy, heavily saturated indoor golf markets. Burlington um, Oakville is a big one right now. Yeah. It's crazy how many And they're there. trying to, and they're opening up larger than life. Mm-hmm in areas where sustainability of the kind of cost to operate on a month to month basis, they're opening up in, in, you know, in areas prime, like that, as opposed retail. to opening yeah. up in more industrial or commercial mm -hmm. locations and yep. understanding that if it's indoor golf, now it depends on what, how exactly how much, if you're opening up a facility that has indoor golf and a restaurant and a retail mm -hmm. space and this right. and this yeah. and this, yeah. you have to be in a more prime location where your competition is. You can't open up something like that in an industrial park. Yeah. But if you're opening up something small that has five or six simulators, maybe with a, with a, a bar and a, you know, you know, air frying chicken wings and stuff like that. You don't need to be in prime retail to make that work. Much like a golf course doesn't need to be on a main street in order to survive. Especially for right. a seasonal business. Yeah, you become more of a destination facility. So what I'm seeing is I'm seeing just a lot. And mm -hmm. I'm fearful that that the ones that are spending a lot of money trying to be something big are the ones mm -hmm. that are going to get hurt the most when because yeah. there's so much um availability out there yeah. um so yeah. that's my that's my one take on the indoor golf thing 
uh, on the golf industry itself, on golf courses, the one thing that I will say, and I think I've said it on this podcast before, but because of the fact that I'm hearing from our audience uh, by email or by people who text me or, or DM me or whatever the case may be, the one thing that I will say, just a blanket across the board to golf course operators, particularly around our own region, because they're the ones I hear the most about, sure. is I want you to be cautious about how much you take away um, from your customers, how much you um, you shave off of the playing experience, the conditioning, um, all of the things outside of just providing a place for them to play golf. Because what I'm hearing a lot of more chatter is that a lot of facilities, whether it be through the fact that staffing is an issue, and I get that, True. but yeah. if you are if you are offering a product that is not up to the level that you are charging for that product, this is going to backfire on you and it's going to backfire yep. in a hurry and it's going to backfire hard. Yep. Now, I may only be hearing a small sample size of, mm -hmm. of what the chatter is out there, but I guarantee you where there's smoke, there's fire. And yep. if I'm hearing as, as Scott and I are, are what we do, we're voices of golf in this region um, and beyond, but particularly in East Ontario and the, in the Gatineau region, we hear everything. So when yeah. we hear a bit of something, there's yeah. a lot more of it going on than just what we hear. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful because yeah. if you start down degrading your what you're offering by, mm -hmm. you know, not cutting your greens regularly, not maintaining your golf course, mm -hmm. putting crappy food in the restaurant to save money or to 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 profit more. I get it. These things have to happen sometimes, but you can't then charge more for your product just because more people want your product. Yeah. Uh, that's going to backfire on you in a hurry. I yeah, guarantee I think, it. I think the biggest element in there and, and, you know, that goes to kind of what we hear from feedback, you know, the consumers only know what they see, right? They don't know about mm -hmm. your expenses. They don't. And believe me, we totally understand the business aspect of it. And, and of course the we difficulties do. And the challenges and so forth. But you always have to think of what the consumer's perception is. And if you're not providing what they perceive to be a greater value, they don't feel like the price adjustment should be just a case for the price adjustment. Yes, you know what? Your labor costs may be higher, your taxes may be higher, your electricity may be higher and so forth, but they don't necessarily want to hear that. They they want to hear, what am I getting extra for your services on the other end? I mean, I'll use my own example, you know, let's say from a teaching and coaching standpoint, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I see a lot of other coaches and teachers or whatever, what other elements are you adding within your service that you're doing that can make it better? I mean, we see it from a media standpoint. We are like, okay, we're going to, we're in this market. We're going to communication, communicate more with these people. We're going to expand this effort and try to provide more value for our marketing partners. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, the same for a coach or a teacher, they have to provide more services, upgrade the technology they're using, do the things. If the consumers see that, same at the golf courses, if they see things that are happening at a golf course, they see activations. I know one course, for an example, that, you know, they're now redoing all their bunkers and do it. That's an easier sell when they go mm -hmm. back and say, our green fee went up a few dollars because we're doing extra work here to make this golf course better and so forth. You know, it's not going up because our electricity bill is higher. 
right? They, they don't care. In the end, it, you're solving a problem for your customer. And that problem, they have a choice. Mm-hmm. So you have to make it about them and not about you. Your customer has to see the value. Yeah. They have to see the value. So that's all I'm saying about it. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not piling on anybody in particular. No, no, I no, never do sure. that, but yeah, I'm just, a, I know there's a lot statement. of GMs and yeah. course owners that listen to this podcast yeah. and they, and those people fall in this list, this, this, this area that I'm discussing. So yeah. those people just need to pay close attention to what I'm saying because yeah. it, it and, will and, backfire. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is is listening to that customer and having proper communication, making sure that you're surveying, you're hearing those people as much as possible and not assuming. I mean, I think it's really easy for anybody, you know, that's doing their own thing in their business, they're involved in their business. They just sort of assume the consumer this yeah. is what they want or, or no, but you got to ask them that. You yeah. got to ask them that and you got to hear that from the clientele rather than the clientele coming to us to bitch about stuff. Exactly. <laughs> okay. The last thing that we'll talk about on on looking forward before we have to get out for 2023 is just some flagstick related things. Number one, we already touched on flagstick yep. shootout, uh, or sorry, the flagstick open at Equinel is a go. I believe May 18th, 19th weekend. Um, so. Everything is as it was. The field will be at 120 players capped. Uh, registration will open in January. That much I can tell you. So those returning players will uh, uh, get watch, watch your email. Yep. You'll get your notifications first, and then we'll open it up to everybody else, and it will sell out fast. I guarantee it. Yep. Um, second, Flagstick Shootout will also be returning for its uh, returning again for a second year in a row. Uh, back to Smugglers Glen again. Again, it's a limited player field sponsored uh, by Cobra Puma Golf. Um, we're hoping to uh, completely fill that one up pretty quickly as well now that we're into second year. Um, and uh, the third thing that we're going to just kind of, you know, punch you in the gut a little bit here is uh, we have been in contact, uh, had a big meeting with uh, with uh, Sam um, uh, McPhail from Golf PEI, and uh, the plan is underway to have a flagstick uh, um, trip to PEI. Um, at this point, I think we're targeting next uh, late August. Yeah, so uh, right after what what they would call old home week down right. there. So about the third week of of August. Is so we're what we're, we're still at. ironing out details on everything. Yeah. We're still on getting a get. We've we've got a potential sponsor uh, in place to help out with some. Very cool swag that everybody will get for coming. We do know that it's going to be limited to about 16 to 20 people. Yeah, for the um, first, first shot at it. We do know that it's going to include, uh, I think, three rounds of golf. Um, we do know that it's going to include uh, some experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's all we're going to tell you for now. Because yeah. very early, but uh, we're hoping again to open up... Uh, registration or um whatever you want to call for that trip yeah um in early 2024 as well because we don't have a lot of it's not like we're taking 100 people with us i can't handle i can't handle that many of you (laughs) no and you know what well i'll I'll say this just as a generalization we will tell people it will be an experience that unlike anyone else could probably offer to go to 
Prince Edward Island. Guarantee, yeah, no, no, no question, no question. Yeah. That this, and I can this guarantee be... that from my family roots there and experience there. And Jeff knows he's been there with me. Yeah, um, you know it, that helps as far as doing that aspect of it. But on top of that, we'll have inclusions in this trip that you won't get from just your general trip that you yeah. would go there. This is this is a flagstick uh, flagstick trip. So yeah. Scott and I are planning on being there with you. Yep. Um, which, um, uh, adds significant value to the trip. <laughs> um, but, uh, there'll be little, little things, little, little tiny things here and there and some big things and some inclusions that you're just, you know, like Scott said, you are not going to get these kinds of things just by signing up for a, a trip somewhere, yep. uh, with anybody else, but us. So, yep. um, make it a that, great experience, get that in your memory bank. You'll love it. Uh, we'll yep. have more details in 2024 for you. You got it. Well, I think that's it, my friend. I think uh, I think we've put a wrap, literally, and a bow on the 2023 uh, podcast season for us. Uh, I say that yes, we are not we're not releasing a podcast uh, next week. Um, we are taking some much needed, uh, much deserved time, and we'll come back at you in 2024 uh, with our our first episode of the flagstick podcast in the new the new year yes our uh, families with, would families would like to see us yes they would so with that um i would like to say happy holidays to everybody happy new year um all the best to you and your families um yep. and uh i'm sure scott would like to extend those those well Definitely. wishes as well and we thank you very much for uh, for being a part of the Flagstick Podcast in 2023. We love doing this. Um, it's what we get up every Thursday morning for. Some of us. Now, don't go there. <laughs> um, and bringing great golf information to you all year round um, is uh, something we just love to do. It's, it's, it's just what we do. So thank you, all our listeners and our viewers. Uh, we do look forward to uh, bringing things back to you in 2024. Uh, we also obviously want to thank uh, our sponsors uh, this week, Metcalf Golf Club, Celtic Golf Center, and a presenting sponsor, of course, this week, Canadian Pro Shop Online, who has the great golf gift for everyone. Introducing the Clubhouse Golf Box, amazing gift to golf for in your life, loaded with amazing products from top brands. Simply choose the essential of the premium box, choose your ship date, and they will fill it with amazing products and ship it right to your door or to your lucky recipient. It is simply gift giving made easy. Get yours or browse for other great golf gift ideas at the Canadian Pro Shop online. Um, well, hopefully you've enjoyed the last season, this episode and all the episodes throughout 2023 or you're enjoying what you're hearing and watching. Be sure to follow us across all social media networks continually on Instagram, X, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, and subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and obviously check us out on YouTube. Uh, like us and click the notification bell. Make sure you never miss a single episode. Please get over to flagstick.com for more amazing golf content delivered to you every single day and to register for a free Flagstick Digest newsletter, uh, which will bring that great news to your inbox three days a week. Simple as that. Nothing and nothing free is ever good, but I guarantee you this free stuff is great. Um, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Until next week, happy holidays. I am Jeff Botter. Until next year, Scott the Cloud. Remember, <laughs> always go for the stick. 